So this is today. Today is yesterday and tomorrow is also today. You traveled through time to the present. Yes. Yeah, I don't think you get how time travel works. It's like we're stuck. You know, like a, like a needle on a scratch record. I wake up every day right here, right in Punxsutawney, and it's always February 2nd. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. It's a thing where the same day keeps happening. Time. in a damn time loop or something well it's groundhog day again and that must mean that i'm professor robert e.g black and i'm here with brian boucher from top gun minute here to discuss groundhog day again still always (laughs) for me Uh, welcome well i I hope i do okay because i have the splitting headache like somebody hit me over the head with something (laughs) (laughs) might have been a snow shovel might have just been a time loop maybe I assume you saw this movie before recently. It's solar. Oh, yes. Many times. Not as much as you. Right. But I've seen it lots and lots of times. General thoughts? Oh, I love this movie. It's great. I'm a huge fan of time travel movies and time loop movies. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not as much as uh, Bubba Wheat. Yeah. But still a big fan. Yeah. And big big fan. Bubba Wheat was on this show, what, minute three? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I'll have him on again and I'll be on his show again because, yeah, he's dealing with time loop things and- I'm collecting them. <laughs> Most of life is just junk, right? It's, it's filler. And then there's these moments when all the randomness turns into something perfect. It's like life's dropping all the bullshit just for a second to show us how amazing it could be all the time if it wanted to. Hmm. I don't know. I think maybe we're supposed to become like better people. No, I honestly don't even know how that could be possible. Never think about it. We must miss so many of them. All those tiny perfect things are just poof, gone, lost forever. But not today. That is a disturbingly inspirational idea, Mark. It's a perfect day. You couldn't plan a day like this. Well, you can. It just takes an awful lot of work. Time. last revision is what counts apparently what if we found them all all the perfect things in this one town in this one day we could collect them you haven't heard minute 17 yet no listeners would have but that was pre-written word for word myself Mm -hmm. i knew i was doing minute 17 that week by myself i had my time loop of the week i went into detail describing every frame of it in case they didn't feel like going and watching it even though it was like four minutes long or something Mm -hmm. I still had to interrupt with a second time loop of the week because I had just discovered a new one. <laughs> like, why does this happen? Yeah. You're not a slacker. <laughs> right. Plus there are, if I only did one time loop of the week every week, we wouldn't get through all of them. Yeah. I think I put the link in the group on Facebook, but I have created a list on IMDb of time loop movies and TV episodes. Yes. And it's some, I think it's around 200 right now I have on there. Wow. And I still have to add some, mm-hmm. I yeah. just discover you know, new ones happen. And old ones, I don't even, I can't even put books on there. (laughs) One of my favorite books is Replay by Ken Grimwood, which is basically a story of a guy. 
as he dies, he wakes up again. Like I think it's, I think at the beginning, it's like 30 years earlier in his life. Mm-hmm. And he gets to repeat that whole segment. It's something you couldn't do very well in a movie because it covers too much time. Yeah. And then that loop kind of gets smaller each time, but it still takes a while. And he figures out things to like sporting events to bet on. We'll talk about back to the future later and things like that. And actually we could get into time loops now since I already did. <laughs> okay. We can start there. That's, That's fine. fine. Uh, I didn't expect to talk about replay today. It's basically he he's with a different woman than was his wife the first time. And it's been a while since I read the book, but I think it comes down to like the next time he wants to be with the first wife again. And he keeps wanting to repeat things that already happened and maybe coming to the conclusion that he did it okay the first time, hmm. which is a nice thought for a time loop. Yeah, It wasn't a Connor's loop. He's not in there because he's a bad guy. It just happened. And so uh, it's fun. Jumping in from editing because anyone who's read the book here and remembers it well would realize I didn't quite describe replay very well. I mean, I hadn't planned to discuss it, and then it just kind of came up in the conversation. Judging by the Wikipedia, I didn't go back and reread the book. I should. I loved the book when I read it years ago. Haven't read it in a while. But it's a bit more science fiction and less about the original loop and more about a second, maybe third person that also is in these loops, these replays. And there's stuff in the description of the plot that I completely forgot was there. And then was like, oh yeah, like Star Wars never happened because this other person hired Steven Spielberg and George Lucas to make a different film in 74 and it changed the way their careers went. uh, Yeah, I should read that again. Anyway, I guess it's okay if I don't remember the loop or the story or the time loop movie or whatever quite perfectly because that's also sort of the point is that each time loop uses this same structure to tell arguably the same story, even though all the stories are different. The details change, the beats remain the same. It's all about the repetitiveness of life outside of a time loop. Constant struggles to be who we are and deal with other people. The themes and genres you can play with, that just makes it more fun back to me a month or whatever ago take it away past me i I like i I like time loops because they there are easy way to universalize weird circumstances like being stuck in a small town doc hollywood covers that also it's not a time loop but it's the same idea he's a dick and then he gets stuck in this little town has to be a better person and that's nice Mm -hmm. you should care about your surroundings the people around you (laughs) at least on some level yeah i care about people plenty do i talk to my neighbors no (laughs) that would be face to face right that'd be weird yeah your time loop of the week you said was one of your favorite movies it is or your favorite movie my favorite movie of all time nice pun is intended (laughs) of all time yeah yeah Back to the Future. Yeah. I've seen this movie probably just about as many times as you've seen Groundhog Day. Nice. I was in the military and I was in Korea for a year and I pretty much watched it every single day and while I was there and that was in 95 and I've probably watched at least one of the movies out of the trilogy like once a month my entire life. Nice. Back to the Future is a good one. Just as movies go, because its script is pretty much perfect. Yeah. Like there's nothing happens in that script that doesn't set up something later. Right. Or that doesn't get a payoff later. 
this movie comes pretty close to that. Yeah. This is a little more improv. So it's got some randomness to it. Yeah. Back to the future is more planned. If you're going to do time travel, you better pay attention to your details. And they did. Right. And even if the payoff isn't in the first movie, when they came out with the second and third, Mm -hmm. some things pay off in those movies. Yeah. You know, you have to wait to the next movie for it to pay off. Yeah. And the first one on its own is... It's different as far as what we've talked about with time loop so far in this show in that it is a single closed loop. Yeah. The first. Yeah. Movie. The first movie. Second movie gets a little more of the repetition of loops and right. the ending of the third suggests you could do a lot more with it. And there was a video game of back to the future 10, 15 years ago. I've never played it. I just saw yeah. someone playing it, which I'm guessing has a little more of that where you can repeat things over and over. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, when we were talking about this, you know, it, you thought like a closed circuit time loop yeah. kind of thing. Oh, I dub it the Marty McFly loop. It's also kind of like the multiverse loop type. Yeah. Because unlike Phil, who has, you know, it's the next day as a trigger or a death. Yeah. He always wakes up at the same time, the same day. This one's more of a loop, but then Marty McFly A yeah. gets to go on where Marty McFly B gets to go into the loop right which is also fun in that they don't really explain their time travel logic until the second movie right which wasn't really planned they didn't even though they say to be continued it was more of a joke at the end yeah and i've heard it wasn't even there when it was first released but i don't buy that because i swear we saw that on the screen at the man three in hastings ranch (laughs) we sat for the credits or the whenever it said to be continued yeah and we were like yeah we were excited yeah, I have the seems like I have the same memory. Right. But I have gotten to see Back to the Future on the big screen at later times. So maybe it, you know, that's what I'm thinking of. And you've said you watched it so many times on video, as I haven't watched it as many times on video, but seen it many times. Yeah. With that to be continued and knowing in context, they went ahead and filmed a two and a three. Yeah. But at the end of the film, it's actually kind of interesting and maybe a dark turn in a way that marty doesn't remember everything that has changed in the meantime since 1955 right he doesn't expect his parents as they show up at the end of the movie yeah and that's going to be difficult it'd be like when i talk about phil getting out of the time loop in this movie Mm -hmm. going back to living day by day is going to be very hard yeah and you got to deal with whatever consequences that you started on that last day yeah which is my favorite part of the italian remake of groundhog day is that on the last day, he buys a bunch of sheep thinking right. he doesn't have to deal with that. And then a bunch of sheep show up in a truck. Yeah. Yeah. But with Marty and Back to the Future, you know, he, he comes back and then Marty B has to go back to 1955. But this mm. Marty B has lived a life of, you know, his parents are actually in love with each other. And yeah. you don't know if they got to tell them the story of the enchantment of their sea dance. Well, and if they did, if he remembers it. Yeah. Like, did that memory transfer over at some point? Right. But this Marty can go back to 1955. And if he doesn't know the story of Biff and George falling out of the tree and getting hit by Lorraine's dad, he may not be able to fix their relationship. Yeah. And could cause the paradox that they talk about. Yeah. Messing with the space-time continuum. Or he could fix it. But then you also get the kind of the butterfly effect, because if any one thing could happen and he might not make it back to the clock tower and be able to go back to the future. Right. Yeah. The second film, he could have messed up what he did in the first film. Yeah. 
and ruined it all, Mm -hmm. which is the problem when you have a time travel versus time loop where you get two different versions of people, Yeah, which we also get in the time loop of the week I picked for this week, which was a short film on YouTube called I'm You, Dickhead, (laughs) which is about a guy who goes back in time to convince, was it his 10-year-old self to learn how to play guitar? Yeah. To impress it so that he can get Yeah. (laughs) And then that doesn't immediately work. So he goes again and he goes again and (laughs) multiple versions of him all end up in the same birthday party. Yeah. And it's hilariously silly, especially because I didn't even realize until watching it again just this week. Half the movie is up to that first time he goes and meets himself as he's 10. And then all of the other variations happen so fast that it is just insane to think about how like quick and weird it is. And it gets into trying not to spoil it. Grandfather paradoxes would be a good way to put it. Yeah. And just runs with it because it's funny. Yeah. It's a little problematic, but it's funny as hell. I might include, there's a line at the end of it. I might just throw in at the end of this episode, just because out of context, it's hilarious where it explains what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, but I was laughing the whole time and it's what, 11 minute long short film. Yeah. Even the beginning, he's, he's telling some old guy, the old guy's like, yeah, I want to go back and meet my mother again and say goodbye. Cause I never got to say goodbye to her. Yeah. It's so sweet. And it's so heartfelt. And then he's like, yeah, I want to meet my 10 year old self. Don't (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. I want to get laid. (laughs) And then just the randomness of it is that traveling in time, one of the side effects is you have a mustache. (laughs) So each time he travels, his mustache just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you can tell them apart. It's like Clementine's hair color in the movie tomorrow. Yeah. I do have to add an extra time loop of the week. Not that I've already haven't, (laughs) because I talked last week about the video game Life is Strange, and I have since played episode two. One of the funny things is there is a scene in a diner, just like Groundhog Day, where in order to prove to my friend Chloe that I could reverse time, I had to predict four things happening, and I had to have at least two details right about each one. If I messed up anyone, she wasn't convinced, and so I had to do it again. <laughs> and it was actually really hard to do the first time, because I'm like, I don't know these other people's names. I'm like, I don't know who dropped that dish. I wasn't watching. So I had to watch it again and see who dropped that dish, who did this. It's like predict something about the jukebox. I'm like, I didn't see what happened with the jukebox. It's off to my right. I wasn't looking that way. (laughs) So it actually got really hard. And so more respect for Phil Connors later in this film. I do want to mention that in Back to the Future Mm. Part 2. Oh, right. Elijah Wood has his first movie appearance and we'll get to see him tomorrow. Yeah. A lot older. Yes. Back to the Future 2 was what? 88? I think it was filmed in 89. It came out in 90. Okay. Yeah. He's a little kid in the in the diner. I guess that's also a diner. Yeah. Yeah. In the cafe. Cafe 80s. More diners. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for Groundhog Day this week, we had Phil outside in the snow last week, and now he's on the phone at the gas station. By the way, the 76 gas station, a block from the square in Woodstock. There is still a gas station there, but I think it is a different brand now. Or at least it was eight years ago, whenever I was there, (laughs) but it is still a gas station. And he's just explaining, I'm both. I'm a celebrity in an emergency. (laughs) Can you patch me through on that line, please? Is he though? Is he really a celebrity in an emergency? Well, people recognize him later. That's true. But it's like, okay, you know, where I live, I live in Indiana and it's like the, the weathermen on the local TV stations. Yeah. They go out and you see them 
everywhere doing <laughs> doing little things like I, like I said i'm from indiana so they do things with the cults and the cheerleaders and they go to car shows and they all do all these fun things all the time and they go out there's one that lives here in my hometown and you see him in the grocery store and you're like oh hey i saw you on tv yesterday <laughs> but phil connor is you know from pittsburgh yeah he only goes to punxatani once a year for the last four years right they might tune in to his station, but there's a few stations in Pittsburgh. Right. There's yeah. a few stations around Pennsylvania. They're closer to Pittsburgh than Philadelphia, but yeah. I don't know what signals they have, what cable they have. They might be watching WGN <laughs> out of Chicago. Right. We don't know. I mean, they could be watching the New York stations. Yeah. They get their weather from the Today Show. You know, <laughs> They don't have to know this guy. Yeah. But he's going to use whatever he can. That was my point last week is he is so desperate to get back to Pittsburgh when his life in Pittsburgh is not great. Right. We don't learn much about it in the movie, but we can infer a lot based on his behavior. Yeah. Well, obviously he doesn't want to go back to his job. Yeah. He wants to be bigger. Yeah. He wants New York or LA Yeah, or Chicago or the home shopping network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's going to end up on the home shopping network. I don't think he'd want I, it. I don't know if the home shopping network would take him. Because if you ever watch the Home Shopping Network, <laughs> they are pretty to the point. They don't joke around that much. Yeah, they don't have time for that. No. They got to be reminding you what's available yeah. and what kind of deal you can get. Yeah, they are salespeople. That's what they are. Yeah. He could probably do that kind of thing well with some training, but I don't think he'd enjoy it. I think he'd hate it more than his current job. Right. And he seems like he thinks he can control the weather, mm -hmm. but we see him at the beginning of the movie, the way he was putting in the forecast out there to the world was not that great. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I, I couldn't imagine. Why does he think he's such a great weatherman? Because all he does is goof around. Yeah. I can imagine he's got an audience, but I don't know that that audience would follow him to a bigger station. They watch him to laugh and then they switch over right. on commercial to get the, the real weather. To get the real news. Yeah. yeah. They switch to the weather channel. Yeah. Girl walks by at the bottom of the frame and the gas station attendant who's been shoveling outside <laughs> turns his head to look at her, slams the shovel into Phil's head. <laughs> Ouch. Do we get an apology? No. no. Acknowledgement? No. 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 Which just makes it funnier. Yeah. Instead, we cut. Yeah. <laughs> we get an establishing shot of the Pennsylvanian Hotel. And then we go inside the bar inside. Although in the script, we actually get another scene. Rita and Larry are talking in the town square at a booth selling hot cider. And we get a setup of the chainsaws and the ice sculpting. They are surrounded by 25 ice sculptures, many of groundhogs. And Phil says, my idea of hell by Phil Connors. Rita says, some of these are great. And she gives him a cup of cider. He says, this town is a time capsule somebody buried 100 years ago, and no one's dug it up yet. She tells him, cheer up, Phil. The day is what you make of it, right? Which there is her spelling out the theme of the movie, essentially. Yeah. In the film, that's pretty close to minute 17. In the script, I think it's page 24, 25, so it's a little off. Not close enough. You usually want a character to tell you what the movie's about. But you don't want it to be so obvious that we know that's what they're doing. Right. Like the voiceover that they wanted to put in it in the original. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a little too much on the nose. At this point, if you're watching this movie and somehow you've avoided knowing what Groundhog Day is about, you still don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You can guess. And I said this last week. You can guess he's going to get stuck in this town, but it might just be literal. 
The weather gets them stuck for an extra day and he learns to like it. Or a week, they get snowed in. You don't know it's going to be supernatural. But still, the theme is correct. The day is what you make of it because he doesn't do well with his day. Even in prior to the final revision of the script, he didn't even drive in the van to get here. Right. He rode in his own vehicle following along mm. and spent the whole time calling people on his car phone because that's who he wants to be. He wants to be a big player and he's not good at it. Well, I guess he's okay at it. I was wondering though, you know, when he was making his phone calls, because yeah. so there was no long distance lines available even for celebrities and emergencies. Mm-hmm. But when you think maybe he might have a friend that doesn't live that far away that he could call that's not long distance and say, can you call this person <laughs> or this person just to play telephone, you know, get that. I don't even that. know how all that would work. What they're implying here, and I don't know how true it would be at the time in a small town, is that he is connecting literally to an operator in Punxsutawney. Yeah. It's like one of them old-timey cell phone operators. Like where they take the little wire out and plug it into a different hole. And they're like, yeah, none of these are working. Yeah. So they can't do anything for him. There aren't physical lines to get anywhere else. But that would tie into that little deleted scene where it's a hundred-year-old time capsule. Yeah. It's stuck back then. It is stuck in the past. Yeah. That scene continues where he pours out his cider and says, tell Larry to go get us some bourbon. (laughs) And Larry says, hey, I'm not your guy. I don't have to do that. And then Larry turns to Rita and says, would you like some bourbon, Rita? (laughs) She's like, thanks, Larry. I like that they did have a setup for the ice sculpting already in the script. And there was a nice exchange between Larry and Rita. Larry cares. Yeah. He's just annoyed by Phil. Right. He's worked with Phil. Right. And in the bar, we get a couple bits of dialogue before what we see. It's a callback to a scene that already got deleted where Phil is telling now Nancy the hurricane story that he was telling at the diner before. And the bartender knows the punchline. And I don't know if it's supposed to be telling us that the bartender is clever or that Phil has been telling this story every year. Hmm. Maybe both. Maybe. Because the bartender does seem to, you know, he's used to seeing this kind of guy because before we go back to the Cherry Street, he's wiping his glasses and just like shakes his head at Phil because he sees these guys at the bar all the time. (laughs) They're all the same. So Phil specifically says to Nancy when she has to go, don't you want to see the inside of the van? (laughs) Which is weird because as many times as I've watched this movie and as many words as I wrote about it in my blog, day 205, let me just drop a tip here. I specifically argued that Larry, when he's talking to Nancy at the end of the film, is an echo of Phil before the time loop. When he was literally an echo of Phil, he says the same line and I didn't even notice. (laughs) I should have caught on to it. And it's also possible a bartender has a name, which I love. Most films, I complain. Mandy Sucksman, it was all about me complaining that the characters had no names, including Mandy. It's just not her name. Can't get past that. The bartender might be named Frank. And the part we don't get, Nancy says, thank you for the drink, Frank. She might be talking to Phil. That's what Phil thinks. Or she might be talking to the bartender. Don't know, because the scene got cut out. And then we get to what we get in the film, which is... I guess an ad lib line. Can I have one more of these with some booze in it, please? <laughs> Ooh, I like it here. And then Rita comes in and asks Phil if he's going to the groundhog dinner. It's like, no, I had groundhog for lunch. Wasn't bad. Tastes like chicken. You two run along. And then we get another ad lib. Not necessarily ad libbed on the set, but not in the script. Wow, Larry, looking foxy tonight, man. Hey, is your troop going to be selling cookies again this year? 
And we can see that Larry is used to this. He's like, Ooh, that's so funny, Phil. <laughs> this is sarcasm. Rita asks, so what are you going to do? And Phil tells her, I think I'm going to go back to my room and take a hot shower, which is what he says in the script. And then he adds, and maybe read. And I love that Rita is already getting up. She is not putting up with him. Even before he says the offensive part, he says, maybe read Hustler or something. She is already getting out of her seat and leaving. Yeah. So suit yourself. She only met him yesterday morning and she's already done with his shit. <laughs> oh. So groundhog tastes like chicken. Well, yeah. Allegedly. Well, we could find out. I mean, technically the first official groundhog day in Punxsutawney was a hunt where they hunted groundhogs and ate them. As he says later, he says it flippantly, but it's true. They hunted them. So could probably find out what they taste like. Yeah. It could be he's living in the matrix. Everything tastes like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. That's it's the only thing they know. So they only know what chicken tastes like. So everything tastes like chicken. (laughs) This bar was a working bar that is in the courthouse building. It's not a courthouse anymore, but it was a courthouse. Right. And they have tables set up in the jail cells. They had to remove one of those tables for the scene we get in a jail cell later. So this is the same place where he is in jail later (laughs) in the film. And we cut from there, I'm saying he's going to take a shower to him taking a shower, which we get close up on hand, turning the faucet. And then we get the outside of the curtain. We don't really see much more of him than his arm. Right. As the water is too cold. <laughs> and then the minute ends. <laughs> you get in a shower, you, you know, clawfoot tub, yep. shower curtain ring that goes all the way around. And he just goes ahead and gets in there and turns the water on without testing it. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, it makes it, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. But I don't do that at home. I don't do that at a hotel where I know they're going to have hot water. I need to know what temperature the water is before I'm getting into it. Right. You could get in there and be, you know, t- too hot and scalded. So. Right. It could be too hot. It could be too cold. Yeah. I need to know what it's going to be before I get into yeah, that you, water. You got to be just right. <laughs> what does that say about Phil? He just takes chances on everything, apparently. Yeah. He, he doesn't think through what he's going to do, no. which I guess is going to be his lesson. He has to actually think. Mm-hmm. So before there's a time loop, this is his first lesson. Yeah. My parents had one of those claw tub shower things mm. when I was growing up. And I hated getting into that thing because I barely touched that base ring that the shower curtain yeah. to. You barely touch that thing and that thing just fall every single time. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I got older and I was, I don't want to take a, bath yeah you're sitting in dirty water type thing you know like, eh. right and that's not me but as soon as it touched that thing it'd fall down it's like oh, man you try to put it back up and yeah <laughs> it was ridiculous so we already did our time loops of the week so anything else on groundhog day i have one question one, th- okay. one question that's always kind of bugged me yeah over all the years while watching this it's like basically the end of the the very first day before he right. starts looping we're only going to see the shower scene like one more time, I believe. We see the bathroom again. Yeah, yeah we see you know him in the tub. So the next day, I mean, I don't want to get really too much into it because I know you're going to talk about it. But when he goes to leave, he gets up and everything's kind of, oh, they're playing this tape over again, dummies. Yeah. And he runs into the guy on the stairs and uh, Miss Lancaster downstairs. And then he goes outside and then it cuts to him in downtown by the square right so how does he know to go to the square so you mean the next the next the, day the next as day, the looper yeah, begins. as the looper okay. begins 
how does he know to walk down to Gobbler's Knob? Because, I, I mean, I would imagine that he would go out and think that Larry and Rita's going to be there in the van waiting for him to pick him up. Yeah. How long would he stay there before he decides to walk the three or four blocks it is to Gobbler's Knob to go to the hotel or whatever to find them? Right. It, it, that comes down to also a question of how far away is it? Yeah. In the reality of Woodstock, it is several blocks and a couple of them are kind of long blocks. Yeah. It's a little bit of a walk to get from the square to uh, where they are in Cherry Street Inn. Yeah. But like I said about the whole butterfly effect thing. Yeah. It kind of goes back to also one of my complaints earlier in the film is why did Rita get dropped off first? Yeah. It would have made sense to drop him off and then go to the Pennsylvanian because I assume Larry's staying where Rita's staying. Right. And so they should have dropped Phil off first, but they stopped there because it was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have that funny scene. Yeah. Then it comes down to a complaint I had from the original script, why Rita was outside the Cherry Street Inn every morning when she didn't stay there. But she always showed up there to tell Phil he was going to be late. And it was just like this weird extra joke that didn't work. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good question. The next day, the movie doesn't establish well enough that he gets the day is repeating that first time. Right. There's a shot in what a couple minutes. After he knows the tape is repeating on the radio and he goes and throws water in his face, he looks out the window. And I think it's after he looks out the window because he says, what the hell? Because it looks similar. Mm -hmm. But he turns around and looks around the room. They missed that. We needed a reverse. Right. I think it makes it more specific in the script. The reason he realizes that it's even weirder is that his stuff has moved. Right. It's not where he left it the night before. It's not all packed and ready to go. It's the mess it was that morning with stuff on the chair. Things aren't where they're supposed to be. But we don't get a shot of the floor with his stuff. We don't get a shot of the chairs, right? like insert shots or anything. And so he's still kind of freaking out. Why does he go that way? Right. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Because unless it's close, he has no reason to. Right. Day three, it makes a little more sense. He's panicked. He's just going to do the same thing. Right. The second one, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, if, if he waited... Because I would imagine the very first day he went out and he just started straight walking towards Gobbler's Knob. Right. But the second day, you would think, okay, well, it's the next day. Somehow all the snow has completely melted. Yeah, because it did snow last night. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's time to go home. Why aren't they here to pick me up? Then maybe he run back in, call you call over to the hotel, say, hey, where, why aren't you here? Or something. Yeah. After that time, if he would start to walk over there and it would completely put everything out of time you like like said the butterfly effect yeah well i i can explain it i can't explain it i don't think the film explains it right because i think it comes down to later in the film where he brings them coffee and pastries he takes a long time he gets up at six yeah the groundhog reading is at 720 yeah so he has an hour and a half that's a long time i think he stops at a coffee place every morning and we just don't get to see it Hmm. so it might not be that he goes to the square it might be that he goes to that coffee place because he still wants coffee in the morning Mm. even though he's had the coffee at the cherry street (sighs) (laughs) you broke it (laughs) (laughs) that's one aspect of that i didn't really think about which maybe makes me rethink my dislike of rita being outside cherry street in the original script Mm. is she needed to be there to remind him where he had to go so that even on the first resumption he went and did it again yeah yeah Yeah, good one (laughs) you get the no prize yay (laughs) so that's good 
anything else on Groundhog Day? No, it's a great movie, and I enjoy it every time I watch it. Yeah. Even though I, I know exactly what's going to happen. Right. It's still really fun to watch. And like you said, every time you watch it, you see something a little different. Yep. Or notice something yeah. in the script that I didn't notice before. And I've read yeah. five different versions of the script. Four. There are five. I've read four. The other one doesn't really exist. Well, I, I like watching Back to the Future because after all this time, I still watch it and I still catch little things yeah. every single time I watch it. Yeah. Which is always nice. Yeah. You can't go into the same movie twice. <laughs> That's my motto. So until tomorrow, when we come back to talk about another movie, where can listeners find you? I am at Top Gun Minute, Top Gun Minute Pod on Twitter, Top Gun Minute on all your podcatchers, and Facebook, Top Gun Minute Listener School. You can join the discussion. Thank you for listening. The Groundhog Day Project Minute by Minute is just one part of an existential trilogy of podcasts. Tune in every Tuesday for Minutia Ex Machina, every Wednesday for more Groundhog Day, and every Thursday for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute. And you can follow all three shows in one feed. Just search an existential trilogy. Follow this show on Twitter at Groundhog Day MXM and on Instagram and Facebook at Groundhog Day Project. This has been a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com or join the Facebook group Lemming Drops Studio Tour. Also, you can support all my shows at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops. Until next time. I think I have traveled through time. What is wrong in the end which never comes? Or which comes again and again, laughing, 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 like waves. Since the Big Bang set everything in motion, everything that happens in this universe has to be the way it is. Man, are you hungry? I haven't eaten since later this afternoon. Particles unfolding the way they're destined to. How do you sleep at night? You've never seen Groundhog Day? Hmm. Yeah, you know Groundhog Day is not a documentary. Didn't go well, mate. It didn't. My mum freaked out. It was 20 years ago she died, and I come back looking like this. She freaked! So then I went back to stop myself from saying goodbye to mum. And now she sees two of us. She starts screaming, there's two of you. Why are there two of you? It was horrible. She had a heart attack on the spot. I was pretty understanding about it, but me, I was freaking out. Far out. So now I have to go back and stop myself from stopping myself from saying goodbye to my mum. I think that's what I have to do. What about you? How did you go? Well, I learned the guitar. Live with a hot girl now. But I'm also my own stepfather, and I think I fathered my own stepbrother. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Jesus Christ. So what now? Well, I got this parking ticket two years ago. It was bullshit.